Howdy everybody. The following is a Republic Keepers recorded discussion with Chaplain Raymond, our Attorney General for the Republic State of Texas. We've been going over a book entitled The Authority of Law by Charles A. Wiseman. The past two lessons we've been in Chapter 4, enacting clauses in the publication of statute books, and today we conclude that chapter. Hope you enjoy. Today is February the 25th, Friday. We're continuing with, continuing with authority of law. We'll start with the maxim of the law for the day. The proprieties of words, the proper meaning of words, are to be preserved or adhered to. It says that the definitions of the words locked in at the time the law was written is going to be the proper meaning of the words for that law and you must preserve them unless you have ulterior motives for circumventing the law. Now, I'm, the first page today, is it correct on page 30? Yes, sir. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Now, we've been studying examples of actual publications of the law in various states where the enactment clause is presented in a variety of different ways, yet it still is serving its purpose. We also are then showing some of the uh, mistakes, the unfortunate mistakes, where even after having gone to publication, even if it was in the actual bill and in the law that was signed and in at the legislature, when they got to printing it in the book, they mistakenly omitted it. The omission is fatal to the law. It is a fatal error. The law is not law because they omitted it. Even though the legislature passed it and the governor signed it, it has not been promulgated. In North Carolina, a legislative enactment for the incorporation of a town and the regulation of spiritualist liquors therein was challenged because it had no enacting clause. The law was cited from the statute book as Privy Acts of 1887, uh, Chapter 113, Section 8, see Figure 6. A man was indicted with the offense of selling spiritus liquors in a town, and there was a guilty. On appeal, the state Supreme Court said there was error in the judgment because the law charged against the man was void, stating, in the case before us, which purports to be the statute in question, has no enacting clause, and nothing appears as a substitute for it. The Constitution in Article 2, in prescribing how statutes shall be enacted, provides as follows. Section 23. The style of the act shall be. The General Assembly of North Carolina do enact. It thus appears that this, its framers and the people who ratify it deem such provisions wise and important. 
the purpose being to require every legislative legislature to purport and import upon its face to have been enacted by the General Assembly. We are therefore of the, of the opinion that the supposed statute in question has not been perfected and is not such in contemplation of the Constitution. That is, that it is wholly inoperative and void. This alleged law could be called, not be called a law pursuant to the Constitution because it existed in the statute books without an enacting clause on its face. The contention that the statute of 1944 is unconstitutional is based upon the fact that it contains no enacting clause. The state constitution of 1921, in section 7 of article 3, provides the style of the laws of this state shall be, be enacted by the legislature of, oh my goodness, I left a whole paragraph out, did I not? I apologize. I'll start over. In a case in Louisiana, a law was claimed to be unconstitutional based on the fact that it had no enacting clause as it existed in statute book. The main evidence that the court used in holding the act unconstitutional was its status as found in the printed statute book. The contention that statute of 1944 is unconstitutional is based upon the fact that it contains no enacting clause. The state constitution of 1921 in section 7 of article 3 provides that the style of the laws of this state shall be being enacted by the legislature of Louisiana. A mere glance at an official volume of the acts of 1944 discloses that the statute in question Act 303 of 1944 contains no such enacting clause nor any part thereof. And from the fact that it does not appear in the printed volume of Acts, we conclude that the Act was originally and finally defected. It could not be deduced exactly how the law came to be with no enacting clause. An examination of the original journal of the proceedings of each house could not disclose whether the enacting clause was present when the act was passed. The court thus relied upon the status of the law in the printed statute book as proof of the overall status of the law. Thus, the law is was said to be originally defected because it was deduced there was no enacting clause when the act was passed, and it was finally defected, defective because it was printed in the volume of acts without an enacting clause. In the latter case, this same court upheld this decision in declaring that the law was void because it too was recorded or printed in the statute books without an enacting clause. The state statute on which both plaintiff and defendant rely cannot be given effect. What is reported in Louisiana Act, Acts 1968 
X session as act number 24 is not law because it does not contain the enacting clause which the Louisiana Constitution, Article 3, Section 7, requires to distinguish legislative action as law rather than mere resolution or some other act. Complete absence of the enacting clause renders the statute invalid. Again, the invalidity of the law was deduced by the manner in which it was published. And it's going to ask us to see the figure. This decision raises another reason why the enacting clause must be printed in the public law book. It is so that citizens can identify it as a public law as opposed to a resolution, proclamation, executive order, or administrative rule. You want me to read those again? It is so the citizens can identify it as a public law as opposed to a resolution, proclamation, executive order, or administrative rule. The enacting clause distinguishes a true public law from these other types of acts. An enacting style of a law generally reads, be it enacted, while the style of a resolution usually reads, be it resolved, or resolve that. Most state constitutions make a distinction between a law and a resolution. The Constitution for the United States distinguishes a resolution and order from a bill which can become law. They go each go through the same basic formalities with respect to vote and procedure in Congress, but they are not the same thing. When we look at the laws in the United States Code, how do we know that they are public laws passed by Congress? For all we know, they could be mere resolutions, which carry no force and effects as law. When we are charged with the violation of a law from the Oregon Revised Statutes, how do we know that this is a law from the legislature of Oregon, as authorized by the Constitution of Oregon? There is no enacting clause on the face of the law to indicate whether it is a law, a resolution, an order, or an administrative rule. What, then, is a resolution? Well, resolution, the term is usually employed to denote the adoption of a motion, the subject matter of which would not properly constitute a statute, such as a mere expression of opinion, an alteration of the rules, a vote of thanks, or even censure. A resolution or order is not a law, but merely the form in which the legislative body expresses an opinion. The general rule is that a joint or concurrent resolution 
adopted by the legislature is not a statute, does not have the force or effect of law, and cannot be used for any purpose for which an exercise of legislative power is necessary. If you remember, the uh, passing of Obamacare was done in budgetary resolution. Do you remember that? Anybody? Yes. Anyway, in Indiana, a joint resolution was passed for the appropriation of money, which was used, which used the enacting style. Be it resolved by the General Assembly of the State of Indiana. The State Constitution allows for the appropriation of funds to be made only by law. The State Supreme Court said the resolution is not law, as laws for the appropriation of money cannot be enacted by joint resolution. It's getting deeper. It's getting easier to detect the problems with what they've done. That which is printed at the revised statute books and the U.S. Code could just as well be resolutions which carry no force of law. If these statutes had enacting clauses, all would know what they were. The authority for their existence and how they affect their rights and obligations. But they have no enacting clauses, and thus these publications are not legitimate publications in law, which can be used to charge citizens with a crime. No enacting clause has been published with these laws. They are only words of some committee, and thus are not constitutionally authorized laws which citizens are, are obligated to follow or obey. So we must confront those in government who try to accuse us of violating a law published in some code and ask them, what is the authority for this law to exist? Where is its enacting authority on its face that identifies it as a law of the legislature? A law exists not only in the manner in which it is enacted, but also in the manner in which it is promulgated or published. A law cannot validly exist in printed form without the constitutionally required enacting clause. This is the example they were talking about. If you notice, uh, the one on the left has a being enacted. The, the one on the right does not. There was an example in here today where uh, one of these has a very, very, very long title. And another one has a short title. Is that the end of it, John? Yes, yes, that's the end. Wow, I wanted to go on. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, the next, we, now, we start Chapter 5 after this. So.
Well, Mr. Wiseman has left us in an anxious place, has he not? <laughs> sure, looks like one. Are there any questions with regard to this? How about comments on this one? Well, this is very good. Uh, the question is, is like, uh, hey, you get a ticket for speeding, and they say that's a law, but yet uh, they say that uh, you don't you don't have to have a driver's license if you're a traveler, but you do have to have a license if you are a commercial driver. Well, is this is this actually a law or is it a code that they're following that they write tickets to individuals on that uh, just have regular driver's license? The <laughs> well, it's going to take me deeper than I want to go. So well, let's okay. think of what we've learned. It's a re it's a revised statute. Do they have the power? Did the sovereign people give the government the power to restrict your movements? As sovereign men on the land, as participants in the preparation of the Constitution, as those who delegated the powers to that government, and eventually ratified it, did you give the state the power to restrict your movement? No, we can't give away our unalienable rights. Now, suppose you're driving down the street and there's a building on fire. And the policeman or the sheriff Let's not get to police. The sheriff is there at the intersection, and he's blocking your way, and he's motioning you to turn, to move some direction. And you refuse. Does he have the authority to make you go the other way? Yes. What is the premise? What is he asking? Public safety. He's the conservator of the peace. If you drive down there and the building falls on you, he's got another mess. And he it is safety. So it is a discretionary call on his part, and most citizens will accept it, understanding the danger and appreciate what he's doing. Instead of seeing it as a constraint. However, if you're if the building isn't on fire and he jumps out jumps out at you with a radar gun, he's going to hinder you on your way. And that is the thing. The the point of this particular lesson today is primarily uh Is it 32? I wanted to get it. I'm looking for the paragraph that says, was it a resolution? That list of five things. Um, Page 32, first paragraph, halfway down. 
it is so that citizens can identify it as a public law or posed as resolutions, proclamations, executive order, or administrative rule? That's is that what right. you're looking for? Okay. Yes. Now let's let's take a look at that for a minute. You cannot look and see whether it's a law or not unless it has the enacting clause. What about these other things? An executive order. Is it law? No. What have you been hearing the last few days? Well, it's law as long as the president is in office. His, his executive power uh, ceases once he's out of office, or it's it got a period that it's in effect. Now, do you think that it, does it say be it enacted when he writes it? No. Is it law? No. At the time, it may be law. If, does it say be enacted? No. Could an executive order be equal to a martial law? Well, he has to get it to martial law. There has to be no sheriffs, no highway patrolmen, no, you know, it's, it's, um, Martial law is pretty pretty rigid, and they wouldn't really call it an executive order, would they? No. It would serve martial law rule under Title Ten. That's military law. Mm-hmm. So. It, an executive order is what? Does anybody have an idea? What is a what is a chief? What what if it's a chief executive of IBM? Does he issue executive orders? Can I answer your question? Try it. It is a corporate order from a corporate CEO. Only. And to whom does it affect? It affects only the members of the corporation, usually the voting members or and the stockholders. And, and it's it's rare that it really reaches the stockholders. That's going to be the board of directors. Absolutely. So Usually, an executive order is for the employees. Now, he's got people who are now unionized, who are employees. Look at how twisted it's getting. He could write an executive order and stop it, couldn't he? So could the governor. But that's an executive order. Administrative rule. What's an administrative rule? 
You're going to be at work. You're going to work Tuesday. Come in at nine instead of eight. Proclamation. A proclamation is a statement of opinion or commitment okay. of the government, okay. not the law that the people have to follow. The proclamation could say, I am going to honor, we're going to take Tuesday off, Thursday off in November for Thanksgiving and proclaim a holiday every third Thursday in November. Now, the rest of us don't have to take a holiday, but we do. Makes it look like it's a almost a law. But now, let me just give you another little lesson. When the legislature meets, and we've had to recently learn this with our du jour government, there are joint resolutions and there are simple resolutions. When the body meets the very first time, it only convenes. There are no rules. The very first Congress walked in and the only instruction was to convene on such and such a date at such and such a time. Now, uh, Chuck, where are the examples of the rules? Have you put them up yet for the Parker County? Uh, no, I have not. Um, if you want to share okay. my screen, I can bring them up. Okay, well, let's do that. Okay. Well, these you know, are still making marks to it, so you have to go through all this. Well, let's do it. Okay. This has already been passed in Parker County. Now, this was taken from the Pennsylvania's Constitutional Ratification Convention. The sequence events of events were as follows. They were ordered to convene on a certain day at 9 a.m. They all showed up. They walked in. They convened. They appointed a committee to write the rules for the resolutions about how they were going to conduct the business of the ratification committee of a convention. Immediately after passing it, the main body adjourned to meet again the following morning. They all left but the committee that was appointed. The committee sat down and worked and wrote the following list of things, essentially. And then, when they should next morning, when they all convened, the order was the old business was for the committee to make its report, and it stood up and reported these rules. Now listen to these rules. This, now, this is resolutions. This, these are simple. Each one 
is a simple resolution by definition in the same rigid structure as being enacted. So we know that this is resolved because it says be it resolved by the first state of name your county, Texas, that the following rules be observed for the conduct of meetings. Now you don't have to accept these. You can throw these out. But this is a working model. Now it was called the president of the convention, so I'll use that term. When the president assumes the chair, the members shall take their seats. You ever thought of that as a means of convening? Instead of giving him a great big gavel and pounding it? The chairman knows, or the president knows, that as long as he's standing, they're not convened. As While they're all milling around the room, as soon as he goes over and sits down, they are to come to order and quietly take their seats. At the opening of the meeting of each, each day, the minutes of the preceding day shall be read and are then in the power of the first estate to be corrected, after which any business addressed to the chair may be proceeded to. All addresses, all speaking, or everything is addressed to the chair, not to the guy sitting next to you or somebody in the back of the room. Now, and you bring up the business. It starts the day. It's like we don't really have an agenda. Every one of those little inventions become devices with which to regulate. Every petition, memorial, letter, or other matter of like kind read in the meeting shall be deemed as lying on the table for further consideration unless any special order be moved thereon. Those which are going to be the new business introduced and everything comes in and is automatically tabled so that they can be introduced as they need to be introduced when they're handy or whatever and they don't need to interrupt what's taking place. Now it takes a spatial order to move it off the table Force consideration. Now, in our government in Washington, they let the Speaker of the House determine when it can come off the table. Anyway, a motion made and seconded shall be repeated by the President. A motion shall be reduced to writing if the President or any two members require it. A motion may be withdrawn by the member making it before any decision is had on it. If the vote has not been taken, it can be withdrawn. So we use the word participant in the case of the first estate because you are parties to a compact. You are equal parties to a compact. You're not members of an association. No member 
no, I'll, let's use participant. No participant speaking shall be interrupted but by a call to order by the chairman or by a participant through the chairman. You can interrupt a man, but you can't do it by interrupting him directly. you got to say, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, point of order. No participant is it to be referred to in debate by name. Did you ever think of that? The chairman himself, or by request, may call to order any participant who shall transgress the rules. If the second time, the chairman may refer to him by name, which is a very bad thing to happen. Goes on the record. The convention may then examine and censure the participant's conduct, he being allowed to extenuate or justify, defend himself, explain why. Every participant actually attending the meeting shall be in his place at the time to which the meeting stands adjourned or within half an hour thereof. This this is some of the legal uh, words that you have to grow accustomed to. Yesterday, when it was adjourned, the time specified for reconvening. There has to be at the time of adjournment. If this is a continuing body, never adjourn without specifying a time to reconvene. So the word stands adjourned carries with it the time that was for the reconvening. So, and then there's a half hour lag to give people a chance for all sorts of uncertainties. The name of him who makes and the name of him who seconds a motion shall be entered on the minutes. No participant shall speak more than twice on a question without leave. You can just speak up, but after you've spoken twice, you must ask the chairman for permission without leave. Every participant of a committee shall attend at the call of his chairman. In other words, the same kind of rules are going to follow within the committees. The yeas and nays may be called and entered on the minutes when any two participants require it. And that's the complete set of rules. The complete set of simple resolutions passed for the Pennsylvania Commission and which we set home. I'm trying to move your screen. <laughs> <laughs> move it back to the top. There you go. This is a resolution for conduct of first estate meetings, or A. If you want to say A, first estate meeting, or conduct the first estate meetings, plural. So, uh, we're working on getting this to where we can publish it and put it on the website. Now, get me back to the other page that I had. Okay. 32. I'll have to give you back the screen. Yes. Change presenter. There we go. 
Okay. All right. Am I back? You're back. Now let's look at this list again. Resolutions, simple resolutions, are the things that are used to regulate how you conduct business. Now in the House of Representatives, Washington, they have a thing called the Rules Committee. But everything that they do has to be passed by the House, and each thing that's passed is called a resolution. And you can repeal old ones, amend old ones. It's a whole legislative process, but strictly for the regulation of themselves. Proclamation is a statement of a duty or a position that the government itself is taking. The president will proclaim. The executive order is an internal order for the executive branch alone. An administrative rule is for, uh, it's come along lately because cause of the style, just the habit of wanting to call the statutory world of having contracts as code, they didn't want to call them statutes, but they call it statutory environment, which is mixed metaphors, but they are administrative rules. They're really terms and conditions of a contract. So, this is so you know the difference. So, when you are free and independent and not under contract and not an employee and not a member of the, the executive branch and not a member of the legislative branch or the judicial branch, the only thing they do that can affect you is a public law. And the only way you know what it is, is if the enacting clause is there. Be it enacted. And you can ask them to show it to you. And I think that concludes. Are there any more thoughts about that from anyone? Okay, we can stop the recording.